Hello, and welcome to King Hero IndyCar Podcast with Kirby and Justin. Kirby, how are you? I'm looking at Emma Dixon's Instagram page and doing very well. How are you? Oh, yeah, what's... uh? What's uh, old Emma up to, as if I didn't know? <laughs> well, I was looking for more incendiary comments, but all I found was bathing suit pictures. So I guess I'll survive. <laughs> really? Yeah. Maybe it's time to join Instagram. Well, I can tell you this much. Um, they were There were some incendiary comments, Curb, uh, which you sent over to me. Uh, care to elaborate on that? Uh, I just always find it funny when sports figures, wives, parents, whatever, get uh, upset and want to – I'm sure their intentions are to defend their their loved one, but usually they come out just kind of embarrassing them. I, I, I have the quote here in front of me, so I'll go ahead and throw it out there, Curb. Uh, uh, Miss Dix, Mrs. Dixon put on her Instagram page from an IndyCar on NBC account. I don't even know what that means, Curb, but – uh, apparently that's what it was. Uh, quote, such such a shame that amazing series like IndyCar still gets race control so wrong, period. Makes the series look bad, period. No consistency. Just look at last year's Long Beach Race 2. Such a shame. We love the series, but race control sucks, end quote. <laughs> oh, wait a minute. Sorry, not end quote. Trust me. We've lost at least three championships over the years to race control, end quote. Yeah, the last part there is even the funniest, I think. Uh, yeah, I mean, there's so much to pick through there. So, and I don't want to pick through. I mean, we could spend probably the whole podcast on just that quote alone, Curb. Right. But that would be unfair to everybody involved here um, to do so. But what do you think she's ref- – the three lost championships – can you tell me? I, I assume one is last year, the speeding on the pit lane, which you know purportedly cost him the 500, which purportedly cost him the championship. Would you say that's one? I don't know how it could be. That's uh, the most objective penalty uh, or infraction there could be, isn't it? I'm not so sure it is in Emma Dixon's. I, I think in Emma Dixon's world, like, if you're only over by a tenth of a mile an hour, that shouldn't count. By all accounts, that's computer-generated, and there's no no uh, discretion involved at all on any official's part. So um, I, 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 I tend to believe she would know that, and I can't believe she's referring to something like that. Then what is she referring to in three lost championships? Well, I don't know. You know, you're talking about 20-year career here. He's won by virtue of double points. He's won by virtue of other things. You know, come from behind many times. I can't imagine he hasn't been helped as much. He's been hurt by by race control over the years. Yeah. What about that year he beat uh, Juan Pablo? Yeah, tied, they tied actually, didn't they? Yeah. It comes and it goes. It's like officiating in any sport. It evens out, especially over a twenty year career. And um, I'd imagine she's overlooking some of the times it's benefited Scott's career. And then just going to the Long Beach race, which I guess we can just dive right into. It seems like we're rushing into this whole thing curve. It's rather torrid pace. Um, <laughs> I, what is she referring to there? The fact that Pato kind of dive bombed him and took him out? I mean, apparently. What, um, what does race control have to do with that? I mean, if they had given Pato a penalty, it would still be no different for Dixon. Yeah, this car still would have been broken. Um, 
you know, I think it's a pretty good no call in my opinion. I don't know about you. Well, I think uh, I think it was an overly ambitious move. I think he probably should have. I mean, my opinion is he probably should have been penalized. But, you know, I, I do kind of lean towards you as like you don't want to discourage this to the point where it never happens. Right. And um, so I, I'm sure that's where you're kind of coming from on that. Dixon did leave it open, wide open for him to try. So um, he he did, uh, but I don't even think Dixon saw him. Like, or he didn't even think he was, you know, going to be there. And I think, and the reason I say I think Pato should have been penalized is because I think Dixon didn't have a choice there. I think he was turning in. And he didn't even know he was turning into him at all. I mean, he just didn't expect him there at all. He just kind of showed up at the last second, way too much speed. I we could argue it again for the bulk of the podcast, which we won't. But curb um, another interesting aspect of Long Beach that I found is that. You know, somebody changed track and nobody bothered to <laughs> tell the drivers. Yeah, if you want to get mad at an IndyCar. <laughs> there's, right, there's, there's, there's a maybe good, a one. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, as, far, as far as I can tell, nobody's taken responsibility for that. Grand Prix of Long Beach people or whether it was IndyCar people or both or whatever, but fairly poor communication, it sounds like. Yeah, at the end of the day, it, it put two cars into the wall, almost for sure. They just changed the track. Of course, <laughs> you know, <laughs> significantly and didn't bother to after drive. the first car went in the wall i don't know what the second car was doing but uh, still. well i mean i he was you know i lot was just taking the same line he's taken no i know but know, then the, when, when somebody when somebody causes a red flag and i would imagine the work gets around you would think of where we get around the, i don't i don't think would i don't think word got around i think it was just such a inconceivable notion that they would have changed the track and not told anybody that it didn't get around very quickly. I think it got around after the second accident, <sighs> more long beach talk. Um, I think we did a good job on our picks and also a very bad job on our picks on missing the guy who won the Kirkwood victory was, I guess a bit of a coming of age for uh, thing for him. It was kind of from out of the blue, frankly. I mean, maybe Michael Andretti believed, but, I'm not sure he had a lot of company. Well, I mean, I think he'd shown speed in um, practice and qualifying, right? It was just a matter of not wrecking. Executed in the race and stayed stayed off the walls. So, uh, obviously, if he can not run into a wall or another car, he's going to do a lot better than when he doesn't. And he's got the equipment, especially at that track where Andretti had a strong history. It's noteworthy that Colton Herta did the exact same thing, qualifying uh, strategy, and didn't succeed. He came in seventh right and the um so he he didn't qualify in the sex uh fast six using the exact same strategy that kirkwood did so that's even more of a hats off to kirkwood kirkwood grosjean i think both those guys had had out qualified herda to that point so and that's on level terms right so kudos to kirkwood and, and grosjean there look how long will it be before uh, kirkwood's the next budding uh going to f1 American driver. Well, at the rate he's going, he's going to be a lot closer to a super license than Herc is. <laughs> Good point. Curb, I've turned the corner on Marcus Erickson. You have? I have. Because he's qualifying well now. He's at the front end of the qualifying. And I think we've been fairly consistent in saying the reason he's so underestimated is he's not consistently up at the sharp end, right? Right. And, and I think we've said that time and time again but he is now consistently at the sharp end of the qualifying and to me that's what makes the difference that what's that's the difference between being 
underestimated and you know being considered as as one of the betters. Well, I mean, if he can keep that up, it would certainly make his chances much stronger to to compete for the championship to the end. Uh, he certainly has been off to a good start on track, and it sounds like he's uh, made improvements over the, the winter and off season into his um, mental approach to the game, and and hopefully it'll stick with him all year. He won't be the sneaky Swede anymore. He'll be the Swede. Curb, uh, good crowd. Uh, three races in a row now with a, uh, either improved or, or good crowd. However, still not showing up in the TV ratings. Basically, you know, flatlining from previous year. The reaction I saw in the in the press was uh, positive in the sense that um, I think there's a lot of competition on that day. I don't remember when they were head to head with NASCAR. Um, there was something else going on somewhere that was a, a big event. So, snowmobile um, race somewhere, perhaps. Yeah, yeah, probably <laughs> on the uh, on the Mav Network, Mav TV, or something. But um, yeah. Right. The pundits, I guess, anyway, were pleased that, that it held up well against stiff competition. Most well attended since the, since the reunification back in 08 or 09. So uh, that's a positive. I think having good crowds in some ways long term is more important than having good TV ratings. Because eventually you'll get the TV ratings. If people are coming, are enthusiastic about the product and showing up, eventually you'll get the ratings. A healthy event makes people think it's worth watching the event. A few other things, Curb. Uh, do you agree with me that Elio Castroneves is gone, gone, gone at the end of this season? Uh, my only question is whether Simon Pagano has gone, gone with him. Correct. Okay, we agree on that. Do you agree with me that the Long Beach Grand Prix should be the last race of the season, the finale? <laughs> no, I don't. I don't think you want to mess with the date equity and all that kind of thing. Um, leave it alone and let it keep growing. Okay. I think, I think you would be perpetrating the very – event abuse you decry so often on these airwaves i i don't agree with you obviously um because they've already done it once it was a it was a success laguna sick is just such a horrible way to end the year you you talk about crowds showing up and you know showing some enthusiasm and you got basically three or four thousand people showing up to this you know gigantic track uh at you know for your season finale and there's like maybe 20 people surrounding the championship victor at the end i think it's just horrible optics they got to get away from that and i think long beach would be far more suited don't mess with one of your crown jewels all right how much of the pre-race you know qualifying practice sessions did you watch curb uh i watched qualifying although i did did see the ill-fated uh what was that a powered surfboard thing or whatever that uh, oh, Townsend Bell was writing? I knew that would just bother you. I knew it. Was, it was I knew that would kill you. Oh, I, I, I bet you enjoyed it. <laughs> I only enjoyed it because I knew how much you hated it. <laughs> <laughs> I was watching Townsend on that stupid thing, and I was like, Kirby's gonna hate that. He's gonna hate it. I hated it for the lack of execution more than the the actual stunt, although the stunt. A bit much too. <laughs> yeah, I, I, it brought it brought a smile to my face for that reason only. <laughs> that reason only. Um. So you didn't watch any of the. I, I'm hearing you didn't really watch many of the practice uh, sessions. Just the qualifying. Just qualifying. Okay. So you probably didn't pick up on this, so I'll help you. There is this narrative going on through all the practice sessions and kind of all right up until qualifying of the resurgency of RLL. 
Well, look at, you know, Jack Harvey, he was, uh, he was in the top five up until the last, you know, five minutes of the practice session, that kind of thing, right? You know, kind of riding the ship after the disaster that was Texas. There was all those kind of comments. That was just a consistent narrative through the first part of the weekend. And then, you know, the whole re- – and, and I think they were still even touting that on maybe race day. Like they, they put a few in there, you know. You know, the whole RLL recovery story just quickly fades uh, as they just do what they always have done uh, lately, is which is suck. But having said all that, Ray Hall and Lungard sit 13th and 14th in the championship, one spot ahead of Alexander Rossi and Aaron McLaren, three spots ahead of three spots ahead of Felix Rosenquist. Curb, do you agree with me? And I think you probably will. That okay. it was a stupid race distance. Yeah, I, I get. If I understand correctly, another five laps or so would have made it a much more um, complicated race in terms of strategy and, and open up more strategies, I guess. And if that's to what you're referring, then I, then I guess I yes. would agree. Add five, ten more laps and you you add uh, some some complexity to the race. Hopefully they change that next year. Um, Connor Daly, race 100. Good for Connor. Well, not really. Uh, he's not been lighting it up exactly. Um, I'm, I'm saying good for Connor. I'm not saying good for anybody else. Uh, I thought you were maybe referring to Connor's girlfriend. Well, that's good for Connor. But, good uh, for Connor there. Hopefully, um, well, hopefully, hopefully, when she finds out he's not a real race driver, he, <laughs> she will stick around. Still stick around. Yeah, he better he better put a ring on that thing quickly. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> that's probably a bit mean, but uh, I'm guessing that's the first mullet she's dated, and probably the last. <laughs> she's um she's attractive. Did you see the news that the Kevin Kalkoven stake in the GP of Long Beach is up for sale by his estate? I did. That's very interesting. Uh, hopefully that does not open the door to mischief down the road. Fall into the wrong hands. Yeah, you know, for the time being, Jerry Forsyth won't allow any change. I'm sure, but you know, I'm not sure how old Jerry Forsyth is and yeah, how long I, his resolve will last. What is Jerry Forsyth's loyalty to IndyCar? You know what I mean? I don't know about loyalty to IndyCar, but I would imagine he has antipathy to all the other people that had worked to take him down over the years. And but does he have an antipathy to F1, for example, Liberty Media? Well, they came in and tried to steal the race a few years ago with Christopher Pook, didn't they? Good point. Uh, okay. Curb, um, can we wander into a few uh, other series, if you don't mind? All right. Did you happen to catch... Uh, the end of the NASCAR Talladega race. No, I saw some caustic uh, comments on Twitter, but I didn't. See yeah, th- th- this might be a shock, but there was a crash. I saw a headline where Bubba Wallace was lamenting um, something. I can't remember what he lamented, but, but Bubba lamenting. Wallace shouldn't be lamenting anything. If you get a chance, go watch the video. Bubba Wallace drives his. He's in the lead, right? He drives his car from the bottom you know, like below the line to the top of the wall and back and back and forth, just trying to keep somebody behind him. Right. Right. To the point where he's doing it so radically that he loses control of his car kind of all his own. He didn't get pushed. Maybe he got a tap. I don't know. It doesn't matter. Look, I've said it before. I'll say it again. If you are watching NASCAR races with any intent, you are a moron. You need to check yourself into the moron clinic because you are a moron. (laughs) Uh, sounds, sounds right to me. I mean, it is un, 
unbelievable what passes for racing in that that series. It's unbelievable. So you just if you go and watch that, it, you, he's weaving all over the place. He loses control of the car. He, he, he lost it, and then there's this huge pileup, and then Bush just kind of like you know he's just the lucky dog, for lack of a better term. Right, right, right. It just goes in there and then wins the race. And at the end, he's like, "Ah, well, you know, sometimes you just get lucky. Every time you just get lucky. It's it's the most random result ever. Those things. It's like, um, you know, those little uh, robot things that they stick in the cages and they just jitter around. That's, that's <laughs> the old, what it is. Uh, the old uh, electric football games we play. Yeah, electric. Fo- it's electric <laughs> football. That's exactly what NASCAR is. It's electric football. Right. Every NASCAR race now ends in crashes. I think that was the second or third overtime. The results are meaningless. Particularly on those restrictor plate races, of course. It's just uh, a crapshoot. Kerber, did your was your eyebrow raised as my was? Did you notice that the uh, Formula E race in Berlin, the first race was uh, halted and, and delayed due to environmental protests at a <laughs> Formula E race? I did not. I can't even claim to have seen a headline of anything <laughs> for any uh, Formula races. I'm sorry. Again, you're just you're sitting there kind of laughing at the whole just how crazy this world is when the environmental protesters are protesting a Formula E race. Well, they probably had more insight than most of the country on the uh, ill effects of uh, electric cars anyway. So, yeah. Now, mind you, they're on to something. Right. Right. Yeah. We, we've all talked about the, you know, the uh, the, you know, gasoline powered or diesel powered generators, you know, powering the, the charging of the batteries for the race. I mean, just the irony of all that. Right. We I think they're on to something. They should be protesting uh, electric cars because they are just incredibly horrible for the environment. But it, it it's just the world that we live in now. It's just I mean, it's funny. I mean, you just got to sit back and laugh. I don't know what else you do. Yeah, no, yeah, you just shake your head and try to forget about it and move on. That um, place that you have the race, uh, Tempelhof Airport, which was the Berlin uh, Airlift Airport. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, it's – if you ever go to Berlin Curve, I highly recommend you visit. It's uh, super cool. It's They turned it into a park. The whole airport's been turned into a park. Just ride your bike around on the, the, the runways there, and they got kind of all kind of uh, some historical stuff there. And it's just – it's to me, it's it's magical. Like, uh, it's really one of the best places in Berlin. Fantastic. Fantastic. I, I, I will uh, take that under advisement. Yeah. Let's see. 100 Days to Indy uh, debuts or uh, premieres Thursday night on CW at 9 p.m. I thought I've heard somewhere that uh, CW will be airing the PG-rated uh, version and that Vice will have the R-rated version. So do you have any idea how to watch something on Vice? I don't. Yeah, I don't know. Have you cut the cord, Kerm? Yeah. Yep. Okay, I'm me on, too. Uh, YouTube TV. Okay, I'm on Hulu TV. Okay. So maybe between the two of us, we can figure that out and report back next podcast. Okay. Do you think the ratings for any race besides the Indy 500 mattered to NBC? You brought that that up, you know, at tangentially last podcast, and yeah. I think you're right. I th- I think you were insightful. I think because we were you were saying, look, the, the 
the ratings can be down any race, but if they're down the 500 this year, that's going to be really bad. Right. Right. And I, I agree with you. I, I think that's exactly right. So I mean, God, God help them if they have down ratings this year on the 500. Of all the numbers you're going to watch this year, of all the facts and statistics that you might watch, the one that might be the most important for the future of IndyCar as we know it is the TV ratings of the Indy 500 in 2023. I know, by the way, we've got downforce added this year, <laughs> right? I mean, we're adding downforce to improve the racing uh, or the, the ability to pass. Big docuseries on CW and Vice leading up to the 500. And they're doing everything they can to uh, ensure a successful 500 this year. Well, you and I will be there. And I plan on being loaded. <laughs> you know what series you haven't touched on yet is a uh, favorite Formula One. Did you see that Peter Windsor's pitching rumors that Liberty Media wants to buy IndyCar and turn it into a feeder series for Formula One? Uh, what can you tell me about it, Kurt? Well, I saw like you did the refutation of the rumors by both IndyCar and Formula One or, or Liberty Media. But I wondered, I thought it was interesting that the rumor was started by Peter Windsor, who um, you can tell me I'm wrong, but I thought he was a fairly connected guy. And so I guess now he's got, you know, Formula One related podcasts and things like that. His comments were favorable. That'd be a pretty good idea, he thought. You just get rid of the ovals and make it more road coursey, he said, and and give somewhere for all those frustrated European drivers to go to race. All right, Curb, let's just take that and run with that for two seconds. Let's just say I'm gonna I'm gonna use you. Okay. Let's say that all transpires. Is that the end of your days of watching IndyCar or the beginning of a new era? If you get rid of the elbows, you get rid of the 500, and then what do you got? If they're going to turn um, IndyCar into F1 Next or F1 Lights, choose your name. Who watches Indy Next? No one. Right? Who watches the USFL or the XFL? They just watch the NFL. Now, I might be bitter enough to not watch Formula One either, but uh, but I can't imagine if that was the end result that it was a – American feeder series for Formula One that um, I'd have any interest in watching that product. Yeah, I agree with you. I think it just turns into F2 America. And to be fair, Liberty Media has refuted the rumor, but um, but it was just interesting comments coming from a guy that's got a long Formula One history. He's probably trying to uh, monetize this podcast. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Corb, anything else before we wrap this up? No, I haven't really thought about picks for uh, Barber, have you? No. When's that? Okay. It's this weekend. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> there we go. Yeah, we're probably going to skip Barber um, for preview picks. Sorry, Joseph Newgarden. How's that? Marcus Erickson. Ooh. Uh, Twitter. At Hero IndyCar. At H. I-R-O IndyCar. And do we have a sponsor this week? Kerba, I'd like to talk to you a little bit about your spare computing capacity on your cell phone. Have you ever just sat there and looked at your phone and said, what are you doing for me now? And saying you should be doing something other than sitting there on standby? You know what it could be doing, Kerba? I often say that, Justin. Yeah. How could I use that time productively? You know what it could be doing? What's that? It could be mining crypto. Mining crypto, you say? Yeah, for your betterment. 
You probably need to be some kind of a tech wizard to do that, don't you? You one would think, but you don't, or you certainly won't need to be soon. You know why, Curb? Some tech geniuses figure out a way to get rich easy, so, get rich quick. Yeah. And it wasn't my brother. Oh. Who <laughs> <laughs> we went over a whole litany of his lifetime of get rich uh, quick schemes uh, <laughs> over the weekend. <laughs> no, it's not. It's an upcoming app called Hashive. Hashive? Hashive. One oh. word. They could sponsor, sponsor R.C. Enerson's car at the Indy 500. Or uh, Connor Daly after Bitnile drops him. That's an interesting question. Let's say you got that sponsorship money. You're going on Callum Islet's car, aren't you? Be a good one, sure. Yeah, he doesn't have a sponsor. He's, you know, he's the pick of the letter as far as I'm concerned. That's true. He's young, sporting. Hash Ive could turn him into a star. Activate. Hash Ive could turn him into a star. So an upcoming app uh, due sometime probably towards the end of this year. Yeah. So you can just get Hash Ive on your phone, set it up so it starts mining for you uh, immediately, and uh, check in every once in a while to increase the amount of mining that takes place. And then when we uh, when it's ready to rock, we will let everybody know. It, it may be the whiskey talking, but I think this might have been our best podcast ever. <laughs> Goodbye, everybody. Good night. Enjoy, Barber, and uh, we'll talk to you after.